Good afternoon, and welcome to Night Talk. I'm Joe Murphy, and I'm joined for this afternoon's show by my co-host, Mike Yakulik. And we have a special guest with us. I'm going to let Michael introduce him. But let us begin, as we always do, with our prayer to St. Michael. In the name, name of the of Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name and of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Michael. Yes, uh, we have a good guest today. I don't, I don't really, you know, it's one of these deals where why introduce him? Everybody knows him. <laughs> I think he's held every job that there was. I do want to mention one of the jobs before I introduce our guest. He was the very first e-membership director in the state of Pennsylvania, which today it seems like that's 99.9% of all of our brother knights who joined come through that way. And he had the uh, auspicious um, beginnings of, of trying to get that to work when nobody really knew what was going on. And uh, since that time under the Jago administration, he's continued his work in the Knights of Columbus. And presently, he is a state advocate for the state of Pennsylvania. And coming from our uh, region, uh, Mr. Jerry Wood, worthy state advocate, welcome. Good morning and thank you, Michael. Welcome. And, and uh I, I'm not so certain I knew what was going on with that <laughs> with that uh, online membership thing. It was a hit and miss, you know. Uh, somebody'd sign up, and I'd pull out the Pennsylvania map and try to figure out where they were living and so on. So it was now it's it's been refined after now two almost two and a half in administrations, and under, now under Mike Kish, uh, the guy that has that is doing a really good well, job. I think that was one of the. The most fun parts that I had working with you and under the Jago administration, because everything we did was new. We we didn't know what was going to happen, and we just got out of what sixty years almost, I guess, of surge with service, right? And we were now faith in action. Yes, we went yes. from a form one hundred multiple paper listing to computerized. And you know that was a big difference. It was hard because a, a lot of the, especially older, Financial secretaries and specifically them, but a lot of grand knights and so on. They they weren't using computers, you know. And mm -hmm. and men of our generation, and I won't tell you how old I am, but I have been out of high school fifty years. Um, you know, they just aren't familiar with with computers. And I I was kind of self taught because of the career that I had uh, in my working life, and and you know. It, the, it's either sink or swim, and some of these poor guys were getting thrown in the deep end. You know, I, I was a financial secretary, and I did it all by hand yeah. for a council with a thousand members. Yeah, and and you know, sending out the bills and so on. Whereas now, in the old form one hundreds, I can remember having files and files and files in my hanging files of of old copies of form one hundreds going back years. Yeah, and I know that uh, you've had a, an illustrious career. I remember uh, we had trouble getting DDs up in certain areas, and uh, you always stepped forward. I think you're uh, living here in Camp Hill. I believe you were a DD for Jim Thorpe. Uh, no, I actually I was I was I, 
I joined the Knights of Columbus at Council 3915 in Tawanda, Pennsylvania, up in the Scranton Diocese. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, and at Center of the Universe, just yeah. just in case anybody doesn't know that. And and uh, and that's 50 years ago, next year. It's 1974, I was still in college. I joined the Knights even before I joined my Greek letter fraternity in college. And my dad was a big Knight. I grew up with the Knights. At any rate, I was the, the district deputy there. And then the next year, in Mark's last year, I was the district deputy up in Tioga County, Mansfield, Blossburg, okay. Wellsboro, and so on. Having gone to college there, I was familiar with it. Um, and it was my pleasure to do that. I had a connection to home, and I just think the Knights of Columbus are, it's a very important organization. Um, just a little a little anecdote, when I was in college, my, my roommate, and he and I are also fraternity brothers, uh, I just made a comment one time. I said, you know, Tom, everybody has, every Catholic man has an obligation to join the Knights of Columbus. Not they should, they, they need to join the Knights. They have an obligation. So fast forward many years, and, and he enlisted in the Navy and was a naval officer and was stationed at Norfolk, Virginia. One day he called me and he said, hey, he said, I just joined the Knights down here. I said, outstanding. He said, yeah, when they interviewed me and asked me why I joined the Knights, I told him because Jerry Wood said I had to. <laughs> so so I, I will tell all you membership, uh, membership guys out there, if all else fails, you can just simply tell them Jerry Wood, the state advocate, said you had to. And uh, I assume that, I assume the state deputy is 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 in in tune with that as well. You can tell him Mike Kish said they had to as well. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. Yeah, and we both know you and you and Mike well. You know, so yeah, we can yeah, get away with exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think uh, you know, getting into your personal life, you have a lovely wife, Devin. She works endlessly, uh, and I know she does so much for the nights. Her and uh, Colleen, she did were really working hard uh, during the past state convention. Right, they did. They did the uh, the practical work of the ASAP program, mm-hmm. assistance uh, after pregnancy, um, by by collecting from from other spouses and and so on and other members, uh, baby items, uh, age specific baby items at that, and then donating them to in this instance in Harrisburg to the uh, outfit up on Front Street that we just gave, and the name escapes me. Uh, Morningstar. Morningstar Services up on Front Street, where, by the way, there are two of the three um, ultrasounds that that we've been able to to get. The bishop was there and blessed them when we got them. Yeah. He was, and I was there with the bishop. It was very impressive. So at any rate, yes, Tiva and Colleen did that, and when we have our district deputy uh, semi-annual seminars in State College, we've done the same. Um, and that was Colleen's initiative. Mm-hmm. Colleen, the state deputy's wife, uh, she came up with that plan. You know, like I said, you know, a lot of times the hit we get is that we're, we claim that we're pro-life, when in reality, a lot of times, and maybe sometimes it's true, we're just simply against abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the case. You know, I, I like to think of ourselves like Governor Casey was Yes. When he was in office in the 1980s, said he's not just against abortion. I saw him in an interview with ABC or NBC News. I'm not just against abortion. I'm for life. And that's exactly what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a misconstru- uh, misconstruing of what, what we really are. You know, we're concerned from the moment of conception until the moment of natural death. And along with that goes what's going on at the border. The Knights of Columbus kind of quietly 
are helping uh, the refugees at the border. The political problem is for Congress to solve, not for us. But, right. but, but somebody's got to be there and help these people and provide them with, with food and clothing and interpreters. Well, the, the buses of people that they're sending to New York or even here, Harrisburg, New York, you know, Central Pennsylvania area, wherever, they need help. Well, yeah, because that's a political stunt based on the governors in those respective states. Yes. But when they get there, not only it's not only the Knights, but I think we're leading the charge on helping those poor refugees, many of whom English is not only not their first language, it's not a, their language at all. No. So you need to have, in, our, in, in the southern border case, Spanish-speaking people. Yeah. Uh, and I know in Ukraine, the Knights of Columbus in Poland and Ukraine and other and France and other countries in Europe were helping uh, with with the refugee issue of folks running away from that war. Sure. Uh, and now in in the Middle East, I know there's Christian Arabs and Christian uh, um, Palestinians and and even Christian Israelis. Just because you're Israeli doesn't mean you're Jewish, although the the vast majority yeah. are. They're going to need refugee help, and I suspect the Knights of Columbus will come up with that. Yeah, well, since we mentioned your lovely wife, it's only fair to mention your son. <laughs> Last time I saw Patrick, Patrick was a member of the Squires, and as you, Jerry, were a counselor for the Squires, one of the things that uh, I noticed last time I saw him, he is an overabundance of facial hair. He looks, he looks like a Celtic warrior. You know? <laughs> we are of uh, Irish and English uh, um, heritage, and, and, and he looks like a Celtic warrior. I think I showed you the photo of him with his kilt and his broadsword mm -hmm. and, his, and his shirt off. You know, he, he looks like the man, uh, but you know, he looks fierce, but he's a big, gentle kid. He's a, he's a, a kid. He's no kid anymore. He's 25 years old. Um, he's he's doing real well, and and he's also a member of the Knights. He's a third yes. degree member. I tried to get him to the fourth, but his work schedule, he works in in this business as well, um, in the in the in the uh, production end. Uh, his degree from from colleges in communications, but yeah, he's doing real well. But yeah, he was he was a squire. Remember the day he came home and showed me the application, and and you were getting the, the squires rolling at, at Trinity. Sadly, they're not there anymore. Yeah, it really is. It's a shame. I think, I, I really believe it was one of the biggest mistakes Supreme made because it, it, it was a pathway to our faith and the Knights right. with young men. And I mean, I'll tell you, um, Patrick just being one of them. I mean, I could go down a list of some of the who's who in the Knights today that were former squires. Sure, sure. Yeah, that was that was a good lead-in. It, it, really it was a good lead-in. Now I didn't have that opportunity in Tawanda. If I did, I would have. I certainly yeah. would have joined the squires, and I, and I was jumped at the chance for him to join. And I thought for those young men, it was a good leadership training for high school kids. Um, and I know Trinity emphasizes those things, and I was more than overjoyed. But on the other hand. Um, on the other hand, it was uh, it was too bad. One of the fundamental problems that I saw was their membership number didn't follow them into the into the Knights. Yeah. So there was no way for Supreme to track how many actually joined the Knights from the Squires. Yeah, that was the biggest problem. I remember on the old Form 100s, they had it on there. They had a little checkbox. But when we were talking about uh, Squires going away, I had called Supreme. And the data inputter said it was a pain in the butt to add the extra data. So Supreme never really got a true picture no. of how good it was, no. but we had uh, some councils or some circles in Pennsylvania, especially out in um, uh, the West, 
where Father Ed and his group was, they had something like 98% right. turnover. Right. The squires became knights. And yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, we have about a minute left, Michael, before we go to break and uh, get our messages in. How about we do that, and when we come back, we can talk with Jerry about his job as state advocate. Is, is that a good leader, a good teacher? Sounds good, yeah. I know he can't speak about a lot of the exact items that he does, but overall general knowledge yeah, of general what a state knowledge. advocate yeah, does. Yeah. Yes. All righty, we're going to go to break. We'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to Night Talk. I'm Joe Murphy, uh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kubik, and we have our worthy uh, state advocate, uh, Jerry Wood, with us. Jerry, I'd like to give him maybe a little, not so much the, the actual details, but okay. a little bit of what you do as state advocate. Well, the state advocate is, he's the guy that represents the state council uh, when there is an, an issue with um, protocol or uh, bylaws, there's some kind of violation. I'm the guy that gets the complaints, you know, if a knight transgresses in one way or another. Um, I don't like to refer to myself as the state council's cop, but I guess I kind of am. I mean, that's my orientation. You and Mike know me. I was a criminal investigator in law enforcement for 37 years before I retired, so I'm kind of <laughs> uniquely qualified mm. for some of this. You know, some of Mike pointed out at the break that I, I really can't discuss a lot of that what what goes on no no I, I understand um, why but but you know I when I get those complaints and I do from time to time and some are just you know tempest in a teapot kind of a thing where I can just make a few phone calls and get to the core of the issue and resolve it um, the other issues sometimes are not that easy and I kind of run those like I used to run a criminal investigation or like I run an investigation now I still am a licensed private investigator here in Cumberland County and and uh, which allows me to practice that statewide but my license is here in Cumberland County uh, where I reside and and uh, so that's kind of what I do that's an it in a nutshell what the state advocate does traditionally that supreme advocate for instance is an attorney I am not an attorney uh, so I don't give legal advice, and, and uh, I'm also my counsel advocate sometimes, as we all know, in counsel's uh, offices like that. You know, the guy that says, okay, I'll do it, or is the guy that'll do it, but I have an expertise there, and I, and I so I agree to be the state, the counsel advocate as well. Which makes perfectly good sense when you think about it. <coughs> Use the, the talents that God gave us, yeah. regardless of whether it's the nights or your life or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never could play baseball worth a lick, so I, you know, I became I became a cop, right? But, um, but yeah, that's kind of what the state advocate does. And here in in this part of the world, in Pennsylvania, because it's so large, we have five regions: east, central east, northeast, central west, and west. And I'm the state officer for the region of Central East, which is the Diocese of Harrisburg and the Diocese of Altoona Johnstown, which is a big area. It's like being the the regional state officer for, I don't know, 
uh, New Hampshire. I mean, it's huge. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, and, 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 it, and with it comes some issues, you know, places like Altoona Johnstown Diocese, there's been so much out migration mm-hmm. that it's difficult to recruit members or to even maintain councils. And some of that is what I have to deal with. Um, when councils dissolve, what to do with the money and where it goes. And we discovered a couple of weeks ago or a month ago when we had our state officers meeting, the last one, um, we discovered there's several thousand dollars in S-cheat over at the Department of Treasury (laughs) that belongs to councils and council homes that dissolved and were sold and no one knows what to do with the money. Checking accounts that were just dropped, they just left. So our state secretary, Tim Richards, from out in the West, Pittsburgh area is is trying to recover those funds. So, you know, those are the kind of things also that state officers do, you know. Uh, and I also try as the regional state officer to be present. You know, our state program director, Mike DeLucia, has, has, who's from the East, has a saying, and he said, be present. And I agree with that. I was in the, I've been in the Knights of Columbus 49 years. And I was probably in the Knights of Columbus 35 before I met a state officer. And um, and I don't. I find that very disturbing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 leaders among mm-hmm. equals. We're not we're not anything special. You know, don't be terribly impressed that I'm the state advocate because I was the only one that ran. And it's not like I eliminated all my competition. Nobody else wanted to shoot themselves <laughs> in the foot. <laughs> you know, I when we, we got reelected this last May at the convention, I leaned over to the state treasurer and I said, Jimmy, I think we just shot ourselves in the other foot. Yeah. You know, but um, and gladly so. I mean, I make a joke of it, but but gladly so. And I. I'm very honored to, to hold this office. Um, it's nothing that I ever thought I would do. You know, my father was deputy grand knight, and that's as far as he went. Uh, and here I am, a state officer, yeah. um, coming out of a little council. You know, my council's here in Camp Hill, uh, uh, Good Shepherd Council. And I can remember going to the meeting and, and announcing that I've gotten elected and and said that, you know, there's good news and bad news. The good news is I'm a state officer and I'm from your council, and that's a pretty good look for a small council of 100, 120 guys. The bad news is I'm the state officer and I got elected from your council, meaning you got, I got to help, you know, kind of ensure you guys do it the right way if I'm doing it the same way with other councils. So sure. those issues come up as well with the state advocate. You know, they're not running the meeting the right way or, or we have a council home and it's sold and what do we do with the money or... You know, Father so-and-so thinks now that we have all that money and it's instantly his, which isn't the case. Uh, some, I got a, I've gotten in recent weeks questions about um, the parish council has decided that they want to see the minutes of all the parish uh, organizations. Well, I, I brought that to the state deputy and, and, he, and the state officers, and we all agreed. I mean, my initial, my, at first blush, I was going to say, no, they can't have those. And they all agreed. And this is this is the thing. And should any listeners hear this? Um, no. The response is no. The short answer is no. They cannot have those meetings. We are an organization independent of the parish that resides in that parish. We certainly ask the pastor for permission to do things. We ask him what he can, what we can do for him more specifically and more sure. importantly. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of paraphrase President Kennedy, not you know, uh, ask what you can do for them. Um, but on the other hand, uh, we are not one of his ministries, you know, like like the lectors or the choir or anything like that. So, 
no, they cannot have our minutes. And it, and I, the last counsel I heard from, I said, you know what, if, if that his take on it was, his the counsel advocate's take on it was, it was a rumor. I said, well, if it becomes to fruition, and it was the same I told the other counsel, let me know and we will intervene. And what I would do in that case is reach out to the Supreme Advocate's Office and get a ruling on that um, from the lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, which is much what I did when I was a cop. I reached out to the District Attorney's Office and got a ruling on it to make sure I was going in the right direction. And you, you, because of the way civilian law is, is written and even the, the bylaws that govern the, the, the Knights worldwide, you have to go to get that clarification to make sure you have your eyes dotted and T's crossed. Right, you have to get that clarification. And I tell I tell new officers, new grand knights, or even veteran officers that might be confused about this. You know, you need three things. You need the protocol handbook, which you can get from Supreme. You need the uh, the council bylaws, and you need the Supreme bylaws, and you need the Roberts Rules of Order. You know, I tell new grand knights, you got to learn to use the gavel. Um, you know, you can't just let things go off willy-nilly, and that's why those rules are made. You know, one of the things that, uh, that you would mention <coughs> is when I used to go out, when I was uh, under the Jago administration, when I went out to councils, I always told them, um, if you would like me to leave when you give your financial statements, I would be more than happy to, because I said, I, and I know that you and all of the state officers that we had at the time and all the directors, and today I, I know it's no different, we are a charitable organization. And I says, I don't want to hear you that you have a quarter of a million dollars in the bank because they said, if I do, I'm going back to tell the state council that you guys are not really very charitable. And I says, so right. I used to give them the option because I, I, I didn't want to lie to anybody, but I also... One of them to know that, uh, and, and just as you said, Jerry, when you are the state advocate and you are in your own council's meeting, you are still the state advocate. Right. And what rules are broken have to be addressed. And that was the same thing with me, that I always had a pet peeve with councils that had an inordinate amount of money. Well, you know, sometimes, and I've experienced treasurers in various councils as district deputy and so on, they treat that checkbook like it's theirs. Mm-hmm. No, it's not theirs. It's ours. Yes. You know, and, and and I really think that we need – charity is the first thing we learn. Regrettably, charity is the first thing that's often forgotten. Yes, it is. Well, there it's the political aspects of the Knights, and don't get any – but don't, don't be disillusioned. Politics is a big part of the Knights of Columbus, especially above the council level. Um, you know, as an aside, I, I mentioned President Kennedy before, who was a fourth-degree knight, he and his brothers both. And he said one day his secretary, when he was first working as president, said, Mr. President, how, how's it going with the politics here? You know, it's a little different than when you were in the Senate. He said, if you want to learn politics, join the Knights of Columbus. And, <laughs> and, and I find that very true sometimes. And, you know, re- regrettably. And secondly, the other charity we forget when it comes time to helping um, people with, with uh, financially supporting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, my policy always was when I was Grand Knight, if, you know, if, if you if you have a, a, a member that's struggling for whatever reason, financially especially, come to me and between you and I and, and the defense post and maybe the guy that writes the check, we'll help you out. We'll forgive your dues, you know. We'll come up with some dough to send your kid to Catholic school. I mean, it, it, it's out there. The money is there. We raise the money not to for self-aggrandizement, but but to help people. And like I said, charity is the 
the it we were always told for you men out there that are of the of a certain uh, age watchword of the order is charity yeah hey, without a doubt you know not to get off topic but since that Mike and I have been doing the show and now with the technology and zoom and all this stuff we can get Mike Kisher or any of the right. officers statewide in a, in a meeting right. right and getting to know those people as well as I know you and I know Mike uh, to be able to sit here and talk like this, yes, you're the state advocate, but it's a title we respect you for that, but you're also a good human being. Well, thank you. I hope you so. Know? I mean, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be doing the Knights basically painted all these walls. We, uh, we had uh, guys in here that were carpentry skills that built this, you know, uh, painted the walls before we ever pushed the button and went on the air. Well, you know, and I time, talent, and treasure. I mean, I know my pastor, Father Sullivan, over at Good Shepherd. He he, that's one of his favorite um, terms: time, talent, and treasure. Not everybody has the talent, for instance, to be a carpenter. Yeah. You know, you certainly wouldn't want me in here trying to put this stuff together. No, or me. Or me. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I can swing a hammer and I can do a couple things. I might be able to, you know, change out a the innards of your toilet but i can remember my plumber came over one time to do something and i said hey tom is that is that hard to do he said not if you know what you're doing yeah <laughs> so, so yeah. you know it's kind of one of those things but it, it you know the knights of columbus at its core i try to tell guys at its core at its core we are refer to ourselves as an order and that's exactly what we are an order of catholic laymen and our mission is to live a good catholic life to live our faith as Knights of Columbus. And if you, and if, again, that goes back to Jerry Wood said you had to. I really think you need to join the Knights so you can live a good Catholic life. Jerry, this has been an interesting show. We're about out of time. We have to get you back in. Is that a problem? No problem. All right. Well, Mike and I will work on it and get you back in here again. Along with Mikey Kubik and Jerry Wood, I'm Joe Murphy. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. God bless.